Jesus, today again we thank you, Lord, for your care, your love. We thank you, Lord, that we not only read that you will never leave us or forsake us, but Lord, it's an actual experience of life that we can testify to. We want to thank you for that. People have left us. People have come and gone. But Lord, we thank you that you have stood by us unmoved by the circumstances of life, unmoved even by our own emotion. Even when we've wanted to leave ourselves, Lord, you've held us fast. And Lord, we thank you that your faithfulness to us is certainly unmerited. But Lord, we thank you that it keeps coming at us. And Lord, we're amazed at all of the ways in which we see that you are so faithful. You stand by us in every storm and you make it calm. You bring us through the troubles and the trials that we go through. And Lord, we come out better for it. We don't know how you can do that, but you do it. And Lord, we thank you that it's impossible for things to work against us because you are working for us. And we know, Lord, that your word declares all things work together for good to those that love God, to those that are called according to his purpose. And we thank you. Each one of us here today know without a shadow of a doubt that you have called us according to your purpose. And we love you for that. And therefore, Lord, we believe that everything about our lives is working to one end, a good end, a good end, because you are working everything and bringing it all under your hand. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Come on, church, let's give him a shout and a praise in this place. We love you. We praise you, Jesus. Amen. You can be seated. Let's thank our musicians. Wonderful. Absolutely fantastic. Well, I had a, a message prepared and ready that I thought I was going to speak. And then, you know, I really felt that, that the Holy Spirit wanted to make some adjustments and completely change it. Completely rearrange it. Pastor Ray says, there you go. He knows that feeling a lot more than I do, I can assure you. But yeah, he wants to say something this morning. And um, I really believe that the Holy Spirit wants us to put our complete faith and trust in what he has promised us. What he's spoken to each and every one of us in those private moments or even, or even through a brother or a sister coming to you, I believe that he's going to bring those things to, to your remembrance, and he does want you to put your faith and your trust in what he has spoken. Many voices will come to try and distract you. Many voices will come and surround you and try and assail you and, and try and get you off course and try, and try uh, to, to, to get you out of line with what God has declared over your life. But we have to silence those voices. We have to pay attention and give our focus to the promise that has been spoken and declared over our lives. The Word of God is living 
active, sharper than any two-edged sword, and we have to allow that word to outwork itself in our world and in our lives if we are going to achieve what God has declared over, over us. You know, I used to um, preach a message. I think I only preached it once. Um, it was a message called, Fear or Faith? Live in Faith. And you know, I remember preaching it. It was here. And um, I preached it so passionately. I'd been to Bible school for two years. I had a head full of knowledge and a lot of passion. And I remember on this one occasion preaching this message so fired up. And I was preaching about faith. And I was telling everybody not to fear, but to have faith in God. And it was a strong message, very passionate and very commanding. And then... You know, you walk along down the road of life and things begin to change. Seasons change. You change. And circumstances change. And all of a sudden, you realize that you don't know much about the faith that you've been talking about. And uh, I remember just one day, suddenly, things started to change. And I didn't even know how it was changing. But something changed in the season of my life. And I began to battle and grapple with an irrational fear. And uh, this message started to come back to me. Dave, have faith. And it was so difficult. It was such a struggle because now first-hand experience was showing me very dramatically that I didn't have the necessary faith to overcome the fear that was assailing my mind. And, uh, you know, I remember just day after day, week after week, just struggling with these irrational fears. And my mind would get bombarded and my emotions would be affected. And it was like what the Bible calls a wrestle. The Apostle Paul knew what this was all about when he encouraged the church. And he said, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, rulers of wickedness in heavenly places. We wrestle sometimes. We, we are in this, this, this combat, this, this invisible fight, this invisible struggle sometimes with principalities, powers, rulers of wickednesses in heavenly places. Paul talked about this. And when he, when he said that we wrestle against these forces, he was using a very graphic picture of two people having hand-to-hand -hand combat in close proximity, grappling and struggling and wrestling. And it was like that for me. Month after month, week after week, year after year for a long time. And, you know, it felt like sometimes I was on top of that thing, you know, and, and, and suddenly you'd get, you know, these feelings of elation, these feelings of victory and triumph, and you think, I've got you where I want you. I'm, 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 I'm more than a conqueror through Christ who strengthens me. I'm, I'm, I'm overcoming you at last. You were overcoming me. Now I'm overcoming you. I've got you. And then suddenly the tables had turned, you'd roll over in the dust and that thing's on top of you. It's got its hand round your neck and you're paralyzed again. And it was like that on and off. It was this, this crazy kind of struggle that I was in. 
And you're on a high and you're on a low and you're on a high and you're on a low. And I remember just rolling around, wondering what to do. And, you know, one night I was walking into the bathroom. I said, Holy Spirit, man, I've just... You know, sometimes when, when, when you're really feeling the heat, when you're really feeling the pressure... There's this, there's this cry and this unending prayer that comes out of your heart that you can't even control. You're just, you're, it's just coming up out of you. You don't even have to discipline yourself to pray. You've got no option to pray. It's just coming out. Oh, God, help me. God, help me, please. God, I remember. I remember it. It's just last week, actually. <laughs> No, serious, man. I pray, pray, I, pray, I pray prayers like this a lot. Oh, God, help me, help me, help me, help me, please. It's just like David in the Psalms when he said, when my soul and my heart are overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. Lead me to that rock. I can't find my way to it through all of these, uh, all of these conflicting fears, all of this, this thinking and this confusion. I can't get there, but I'm overwhelmed. But please lead me to the rock the position of strength that is higher than I. And I remember being like that. And I've been like that a lot since those days where you feel the struggle and the wrestle of another world trying to stop you moving forward. You see, the enemy comes at us with fear when he senses that God wants to take us into new territory. When he, when he, he comes and he offloads his fear when he knows that God wants to bring us into new things for our lives. He resists us. He opposes us. He's a liar. He's a thief. Jesus said he's the father of all lies. He's a murderer from the beginning. He's got nothing good in his character at all. But Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and life more abundantly. He's come to make us victorious and strong. And I remember, man, just going to the bathroom. And, and I was just in this constant conversation. <laughs> Not because I was spiritual at all, but just because I was begging God, oh, God, help me, God, help me. Please help me. Just a little, just a little word. Anything will do. And the Holy Ghost said to me really clearly, man, said, I've already spoken to you. He said, you just didn't listen. I said, well, I said, what did you say? Because I'd forgotten what he said to me. He said, what, what did you say, Lord? He said, I told you last week. I said, Lord, please tell me again. Please remind me. And he reminded me of the scripture in Corinthians where Paul said, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, rulers of wickedness in heavenly places. And then he said this, and this was the thing that he reminded me of. He said, the weapons that you wage warfare with are not carnal. 
They're not carnal weapons, but they're mighty through God to the demolishing of strongholds. He said, your stronghold has been demolished. Now you've got to believe it. You've got to believe it. Do you know what? I said to God, I'm telling you now, man. I said, God, I can't believe it. It's so hard to believe this. It's so hard to believe the truth. It's so hard to take hold of that promise in the midst of this darkness. It is so hard. How do I do this? How? And he said, you just got to believe. You've got to believe what I'm saying to you above, that, uh, above those other voices that are speaking to your mind. You've got to take my word and believe it. And do you know what? Little by little, and I'm telling you now, it was like these little, little steps towards it. Little by little, I believed. Little by little, I, I held on to it. Little by little, I trusted again. And suddenly, he broke me free. Suddenly, he gave me victory. And I, I began to walk in a new place of life. But then it would come and go. The giants were real, queuing up to meet you, each and every one of them different, coming in different ways at different points to test you and try your faith. But the great thing is, do you know what the Bible says? It says that God resists the proud, but He gives grace to the humble. He gives strength to the weak. He gives grace to the humble. God doesn't need you to be strong. God doesn't need you to be self-sufficient. God doesn't need you to have all of the goods. He's got all of the strength that you need. He's got all of the goods that are required. He just requires simple trust, simple faith. And as you believe and as you trust and as you rely on Him, He gives grace to the humble. It's really simple. And you see it right throughout the Bible. God assists those who are weak but he resists those who are strong. Do you want God assisting you or do you want God resisting you? I'm telling you, I believe everybody in this place wants God assisting them and not resisting them. He gives grace. He gives assistance to the humble heart, to the heart that says, I can't go on. I can't do it. I don't have the answers. There's no way forward. There's no way back. I'm stuck right here. God, please help me. I'm telling you now, God listens to a prayer like that and responds to it. And responds to it. The Bible says, doesn't it, in 1 Corinthians that God chooses the foolish things of the world. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 27 to 29, but God has chosen the foolish things of the world to put to shame the wise, and God has chosen the weak things of the world to put to shame the things which are mighty, and the base things of the world, and the things which are despised, God has chosen, and the things that are not to bring to nothing the things that are, that no flesh should glory in His presence. Maybe today you think that your life is a foolish thing. And that's okay because you're chosen by God. That very understanding and that very low estimation that you have of yourself has qualified you to be chosen by God. 
chosen by him. Maybe today, not only do you think that your life is foolish, but you may think that your life is weak. Nothing to offer anyone. Nothing to offer. A future doesn't look very good. You, you're weak. God looks at you and he doesn't see you as weak. He sees you as chosen. Chosen. Qualified. For him to be near. Maybe you think that you're... Your, your life has shame over it. Maybe you think that your life is base, but God will take the shameful things of our lives and of all of our lives and the base material of every one of us, and He will hold it as a trophy in His hand to confound the things which are and to show that He can even take ashes and make them beautiful. The things that are not, to bring to nothing the things that are. This is what God does. This is the nature and the character of who He is and how He chooses and how He uses people. For the time that we have this morning, I just want us to think about a chapter. We're not going to read it yet. But I want us to think about a chapter in the Old Testament, and really this is the word that God wants to give us this morning, each and every one of us. He wants to give us this one this morning, right? And as I read it, don't put it up just yet, thanks. It's not, oh, it's just on that screen. All right, don't come down here on the stage and read it just yet, right? This is, this do you like our James? I love James. He always likes my jokes. He's fantastic. But, you know, as a, as a pastor, sometimes it's really difficult thinking about what you're going to speak about on Sunday. Because you've got, you got all of these thoughts in your mind that you'd like to talk about and you think that it would help people. But then you realize that God's, God's got other ideas. And, you know, I've said it before, and Pastor Ray said it many times. God doesn't really care about our sermons. He doesn't really care how they're delivered. You know, you know he's just concerned about delivering his word into our hearts and bringing us further in what he's called us to be. He really, he really does. He doesn't care about a nice polished sermon. Thank God for that. Okay? He doesn't care about that. But when I was just, you know, you go through this, um, this process and you, you're just thinking, is it this Lord? Is it that Lord? What do you want to say to your people? And man, you're just, you're just going here and you're going there and you're, you're trying to find and, and listen to His voice. And then suddenly it comes through. And at 8.30 this morning, he said, this is it here. Right here. This is, this, is the, this is where I want you to go this morning. This is what I want you to read over my people. And this is what I want you to declare over them. This is my word that I want them to hear. Not only hear it, but to put your faith in it. Put your faith in it. Put your trust in it. There's a line in here that you're going to hear that you may 
pick up on, that may live in your heart, that you may think, that's for me. That one's for me. I've got to take that one. It may be a word. It may be, it may be a few verses. It may be just one line, one phrase that the Holy Spirit is going to plant right down into the core of your being that it's, that's going to help you and enable you to do what He's called you to do. In a moment, I want to, I want to read from Isaiah chapter 41. But before we do, I want to give you some background into this chapter. God is talking to His people, His people. You don't mess around with God's people. You don't play games with God's people. You don't talk bad about God's people. You don't do things to God's people that you shouldn't do. God loves His people. God protects His people. There's a whole history throughout the Bible showing us where God even declares that His people are like the apple of His eye. And I'm telling you now, you can't just poke God in the eye and expect it to go well with you. When you touch His people, you touch Him. When you speak about His people and you treat them like a piece of dirt on your foot, I tell you now, it will not go well with you. It will not go well with you. We have to be very careful because this isn't a social club. This isn't just a gathering of people that have made decisions to come together. This is the ecclesia, the church, the called out. The called out of the world and the called together, the brought together by the Holy Spirit of God. And I'm telling you now, our lives are very precious and very valuable to God. And people can't just throw you around in work or in anywhere else, friends, as if you're a piece of rubbish to put in a bin. God looks after His people. And in Isaiah, yeah, come on, let's give Him praise in this place. God looks after His people. He really does. And sometimes it may seem as if you're on the brunt of other people's decisions and you are powerless to do anything. I'm telling you, you don't have to say anything. Stand still and see the salvation of your God. Stand still. Don't do anything. He's going to fight your battle. He's going to fight your battle. Just sing praise to Him. The Lord is good and His mercy endures forever. And I'm telling you now, the Lord turned the enemy in and on, in, in on themselves. And the plunder that they got from that victory was incredible. It took them three days to collect. When Jehoshaphat uh, defeated all of those, those armies that came against them, it took them three days to get the plunder from the dead bodies that were surrounded. You do not mess with God's people. I'm telling you, man. And sometimes it may seem as if we are on our back heels. Sometimes it may seem as if we are in a dark corner, hiding in weakness and frailty. But I'm telling you now, God stands up for His people. He really does. He really does, as He did for King Jehoshaphat and all that were in Jerusalem. But I want us to look at Isaiah chapter 40, God's people. We're in a very weak place, a very lowly place, afraid. They were coming out of the exile that they were in in Babylon. 
and they were moving back to Jerusalem. And they were afraid. You know, it was a huge shift. They wanted, or God wanted them to step into a new land, back to their own land. But it was a, it was a new era. It was a new season. It was a breaking away from the 70 years that they'd been in Babylon. And now God was moving them through His sovereignty. God was moving them through the arrival of a new king and giving them favor and giving them access and a way out from the exilic period that they'd been in for 70 years and they were going home. But they were afraid. They were afraid. They were weak. They were cowering down. And they heard all of these angry voices around them. All of these threats. All of these words that, that seemed to confuse them and belittle them and put them down. And God, in this chapter, Isaiah chapter 40, I mean, this was the condition of the people. He actually likens them to a worm. Can you believe that? He likens his people to a worm. That's how bad things had got. You can't get lower than a worm, can you? A worm is weak. A worm is lowly. A worm has no strength. A worm's not exalted. A worm is low in the ground, in the dust, humble. But God, you see, God had plans for the worm. You may feel like a worm today. God's got plans for the worm. You see, God doesn't, God doesn't respect the proud, the arrogant, the insolent, the confident. Now, there's a confidence that comes from God. But I'm telling you now, you can pick it up in people. They think they're confident, jack the lad, arrogant. Yeah, I'll get through life. We'll see how far you get in your own steam and in your own strength. Let me tell you. We've seen them come and go in this church. Think they're strong, rise up. I'm telling you now, within weeks, months, they're out the door. You never see them again. Because it's not down to human strength, friends. It's not by might. It's not by power. It is by my spirit, says the Lord. I'm telling you now, God's not messing about in this place. And if you are, you'll be out the door. I won't have to touch you. God will put you out. Playing games in here? We'll see. We'll see. Isaiah 41, verse 10 to verse 20. Fear not, he says. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed. That means dismayed means to be discouraged, hopeless, in the dark, under the heel of an oppressor and an aggressor. Be not dismayed, he says. For I am your God. I will strengthen you. Over 12 times, God says, I will in this chapter. I think he wants to make a point. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Behold, all those who were incensed against you shall be ashamed and disgraced. 
they shall be as nothing, and those who strive with you shall perish. You shall seek them and not find them. Those who contend with you, those who war against you shall be as nothing, as a non-existent thing. For I, the Lord your God, will hold your right hand, saying to you, fear not, I will help you. I'm telling you now, the only person that you need with you when things are difficult, when things are dark, when things are against you, is the Lord holding your hand saying, fear not, I will help you. Come on, church. He'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. Never. All those who were incensed against you shall be ashamed and disgraced. They shall be as nothing, and those who strive with you shall perish. You shall seek them and not find them. Those who contend with you, those who war against you shall be as nothing, as a non-existent thing. For I, the Lord, will uphold you by your right hand, saying to you, fear not, I will help you. Fear not, you worm, Jacob. Got plans for you, you little worm. You little worm, you just wait and see what I'm going to do with you. You just wait and see how I'm going to transform you from your weak place. And you're not going to stand in your own strength, but my strength. I will help you. Fear not, you worm, Jacob. You men of Israel, I will help you, says the Lord, and your, your, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. Behold, listen, I will make you into a new threshing sledge, with sharp teeth, you shall thresh the mountains and beat them small and make the hills like chaff. You shall winnow them and the wind shall carry them away and the whirlwind shall scatter them. You shall rejoice in the Lord and glory in the Holy One of Israel. The poor and the needy seek water, but there is none. Their tongues fail for thirst. I, the Lord, will hear them. I, the God of Israel, will not forsake them. I will open rivers in desolate heights and fountains in the midst of the valleys. I will make the wilderness a pool of water and the dry land springs of water. I will plant in the wilderness the cedar and the acacia tree, the myrtle and the olive tree. I will set in the desert the cypress tree and the pine and the box tree together that they may see and know and consider and understand that the hand of the Lord has done this and the Holy One of Israel has created it. Let's give Him praise for His Word in this place. I'm telling you, what a, what a word to get on a day when you're down. What a word to get when all hell has been coming against you, when all of the enemies... And the armies are surrounding you like they were for those Israelites that were leaving Babylon. What a word into their ears and into their hearts and an assurance in their mind that they get from God. Fear not. I will help you. I will strengthen you. I won't leave you. I'll be with you. You might feel like a worm. You might be a worm. You might be the lowest of the low in the eyes of the others. But by the time that I've transformed you and changed you, I will make you like a threshing instrument and you will level 
you will level the mountains and the objects that oppose you and contend with you. God is for us. God is for us. Today, the Holy Spirit wants us again in the midst of all of the feelings of fear, in the midst of all of the surrounding voices that are barking and biting in the night hour. Again, for a moment, He wants us to place our hope and our trust in Him, place our faith in what He has declared. He'll never leave us. He'll never forsake us. He'll stand by us and bring us through. Today we may feel as if we're in a lowly place. Today we may feel as if we're weak and not strong. Today we may feel as if we are the least of the least. But like Paul said in Romans 8, what shall we say concerning these things? What things was he talking about? All of the troubling elements that were around him, trying to hold him back, trying to destroy him, trying to take him out. And he looked around and he saw all of the things, the persecutions, the trials, the, the, the slanderous remarks and the, 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 the lies and the, the ways in which people schemed and challenged him to bring him down and take him out and he looked around and he, he considered it all and he said what should we say then to all of this and he said this if God is for us if God is for us who who can be against us who can be against us and it's that today that we must place our trust in I'm going to ask the musicians to come we're going to close in a moment. God is good. God is good. Today, you may be in this place. And like me, you may feel in that place where you're paralyzed by fear paralyzed by fear, held, unable to shake it free. In your mind, it's torn in so many ways. Suggestions come, speak to you, and you can't shake it free. It's very difficult to describe it until you've been there. The Holy Spirit is with you. He's with you. He's for you. He's not against you. And He's going to speak to you. He's going to strengthen you. You're going to feel His arms around you. And you're going to, you're going to hear that voice, Fear not. Fear not. I am with you. I am for you. I am not against you. 
You may feel in a lowly place. You may feel like Israel felt like that worm that had no future. But under the transform, transforming power of God's hand, I'm telling you now, your life is going is to be used greatly. You're going to become a powerful instrument to destroy and level that mountain that stands in front of you. God's going to take you into a new place. God's going to take you into new ground. God's going to move you from, from a lowly position to an exalted position. And you're not going to do it in your own strength, but He's going to do it by His own hand because it's not by might nor by power, but by my Spirit. You may have voices coming at you left, right, and center. Angry, bitter, vicious voices. You think, God... What have I done to deserve this God? Lie after lie, like a hot rage, and God sees it. Stand still and know the salvation of your God. Stand still and know His peace. Be assured that He will never leave you or forsake you, that His hand is on it. And He will contend with those voices. He will contend with those lies. I'm telling you now, I had no intention to say what I said this morning. But there it is. Lord, we pray right now for every person in this place. Holy Spirit of God. Lord, I thank you. Every person is precious to you. And Lord, I pray for every person under the sound of my voice. Holy Spirit, I ask you to give us a peace that passes understanding. God, in our heart and our mind through Christ Jesus, Lord, I pray that you would make the weak strong. Let the weak say, I am strong. Lord, I pray that you would just come into our hearts, come into that vacuum, come into that ache in the soul so that the weak can say, I am strong. And Lord, let that confession and that voice be your voice. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. If you're in this place and you've never asked Jesus into your heart while your eyes are closed, while heads are bowed here, I'm going to give you a moment right now to ask Jesus to be your Savior. To ask Jesus to be your Lord. You may have all of these things inside. And you've tried to control them. You've tried to, you've tried to rein them in. And you've been unable to rein them in. I'm telling you now, Jesus Christ will come into the center of your life. He'll put his hand on those things that you cannot control. And he will be the Lord of them. I'm going to give you an opportunity right now to ask Him into your heart. And you're going to pray a prayer, opening your heart to Him. Let's quiet our minds for a moment. Let's be still in this place and think, think for a moment about what you're about to do because it's wonderful and it's very holy. You've come to a place where you're going to ask Jesus Christ into your heart.
pray this prayer with me and believe it. Say, Jesus, I ask you right now to come into my heart. I open my heart to you. I ask you to be my Savior, to be my Lord. Jesus, I ask you right now. I ask you right now, Lord, to forgive me of my sin. I ask you right now to save me and be the one that will never leave me or forsake me. Amen.